Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. La, 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 la. You had to put your... La, 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 la. La, 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 la. Do, 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 do. Put in my heart, fill the run. Welcome to Suggestible, the uh, show where Claire will sing at you even if you don't want to. But at least you don't have to live with it every day like I do. <laughs> James will make a kombucha. Or well, not make. You would never make anything. But you'll uh, drink a kombucha any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Your feet liquid that why, you enjoy. Why would I make a kombucha when I could buy it? Do you know that kombucha comes from this thing that's kind of like a jello-like bacteria substance called like scaly or something? Everything's gross and poisonous or whatever. Yeah, well, I'll Google you a picture of kombucha. It's not going to help. I don't care. I've seen it. I don't give a shit. All right. It's probably good for you. This is Suggestible Podcast. We re- we recommend you stuff to watch, read and listen to. I'm Claire. James is also. We are married and let's bloody get this show on the proverbial road. I agree. Am I right? Why don't you tell me what you've been watch, reading or listening to? No, I'm busy. I'm Googling kombucha. All right. Well, while you're doing <laughs> you do that, it first. I'll start. And I um, won't listen to you. I'm going to talk about the Fear Street trilogy. Are you familiar with the Fear Street books? No. There are some R.L. Stein books that started in the very late 80s. And How early, do I not know that? Because I love Goosebumps. 90s. Yeah, so what they – the reason you might not have read them is because as Goosebumps were taking off, that was the age that you were and these were like for old kids. So there was like more gore and horror and terror and people being murdered and stuff, right? So all three of these movies were directed by Lee Arjaniak. Janiak? I don't know, but anyway, which is an incredible feat because it's three. I'm interrupting you. Just look at that. It's called Scoby. Okay, it's bacteria that in just a jar. Looks like a, yeah, it looks like a like a chocolate mousse or something. What, are you insane? It's look at this yeah, one. Yeah, it looks like it's a tiramisu. Like mold sitting on the top of it. It's like it's like it's disgusting. Okay. Anyway, you eat yogurt. What do you think yogurt is? Yeah, good point. Sorry, continue. So it's yeah. So. She managed to direct these three movies back to back and they're all interwoven, right? Again, based on the R.L. Stein books of the same name. The overall story centers around teenagers who work to break the curse that has been over their city for hundreds of years. So the idea was initially, again, shoot these back to back, which again is incre- like, it's incredible. It's a really difficult thing to do. Movie, tr- movie trilogies I tried every now and then. I could shoot you in the then. back if you like. What? Beep, 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 beep. You said shoot back to back. If you're going to interrupt, it has to be a good joke, Claire. The rule is if you're going to derail, I guess it can be annoying, which I guess this is. The joke, you have, is it taking you this? I mean, we're nearly up to 100 episodes. I don't know how many we've I done. Part, I think this is 101. Oh, God. We didn't do anything fun for it or anything. No, we did a great show. And that's fun. <laughs> Was it? It's a hundred, surely. I'm pretty sure it is. All right, well, right in. Let us know what's a hundred. <laughs> I'm good. I'm on Big at, Sandwich, no, Rob it's Collings, like seventy-eight. Rob Collings has been no. no your your numbering system is wrong because Collings has been numbering them in Big Sandwich, and we're over a hundred. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> if I'd known it was a hundred, I would have done something fun. I wouldn't. I'm glad I knew, and I didn't say anything. <laughs> so, um, anyways, it's. 
I mean, tr- trilogies are shot back to back or attempted all the time, and very often it, it does not work. There's a few examples of this working. So the idea was that they were going to be released a month apart in cinemas, which would have been a really interesting release strategy as well because does a box office does it, does it help? Does it hinder? Do you know what I mean? Can we call it interesting. Well, it's interesting because to you, it could, maybe. yeah. Well, it could not because it's cha- the change obviously because the pandemic. Because it would have been interesting to see if it actually paid off. Because if the first one isn't well received, people aren't going to see the next two. Do you know what I mean? Especially like a month after. So Netflix ended up buying them, and they went out every Friday night for three weeks. Yeah. So the first one's set in 1994, second one's set in 1978, and the third one's set in uh, 1666. Ooh. And so Step back in time. You get some characters. All our confusion when nothing is new. There's nothing to it. I will leave. Step you think back I might in. R.L. Stein. <laughs> What's happening? I don't. I said step back in R.L. Stein. Oh, very good. <laughs> I will leave the room. I will leave. You think I won't? I will what? literally leave the room and not <laughs> come back. Stein? And that will be the show. And it will be a lesson <laughs> to everybody, to you and to everybody <laughs> listening who encourages your nonsense and shenan- shenanigans. <laughs> Why I'm not here for it. Why is the line now is that you'll leave the room? You just keep doing that. You've done that a couple of times. Everyone knows you don't really mean it. Just try me. <laughs> see if I see what happens. <laughs> no, I don't want but you to leave the Anybody room. who listens to my more successful show, <laughs> The Weekly Planet, knows that I run on pure spite. I know. I've been married to you for many and years. I, and I, will I know do you it. run on feels like I know that you will hold like a grudge up against someone for so many years that I, they will have forgotten about the whole incident and then you will get I them. could walk out and just not do the show again. <laughs> just pure spite. <laughs> Even though I enjoy doing it, I'll be like, no, I'm just not gonna do it. Because I know it makes somebody else slightly more unhappy. <laughs> Well, not even. Just a little bit unhappy. I'll wear that. Okay, fine. Anyway, so. Just, just before you continue, can you at least acknowledge my wonderful joke, step back in Narl Stein? It was pretty good. It was a pretty good joke. Just came out of nowhere. It was really surprised me. Okay, continue. I don't know where these ideas come from. But uh, so, yeah, you get some character crossover and people play also different people from from different eras. And it captures, you know, eras eras reasonably well, I think. Years or eras? Both. Uh, in the 90s, um, you know, that's the only era that I was alive for. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. You know, it's got some music and whatever. And, you know, I remember school lockers, at the, which I'm sure still exist. No, now kids don't have lockers. Now they have TikTok. They store all their books in TikTok. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Anyways, so the idea is that people every now and then in this town, just somebody for no reason will... Breaks will, out into song and dance. Sometimes. <laughs> Step but will go <laughs> insane and it could be a nice person, a weird person, whatever, and then start murdering people until they're put down. But every time there's a new murderer, there's another person who can then be brought back to because it's kind of supernatural. So every time it happens, there's a new murderer that will then come back. So sometimes there's murders from whole, all different eras. There could be like half a dozen at a time, you know, running about murdering people, right? So... The, initially, I wasn't really that into it. I was like, yeah, this is fine, sort of standard, whatever. And But as the stories become more interwoven and you get more backstory and you learn more about the characters, and even though the second one is set in, like, 1978, you still do get some stuff from the characters in 1994 and same with the last one. And it culminates in, like, a really interesting way and I think it's got a really satisfying payoff and there's really great twists and turns. And if you like horror and, like, gory horror because there's even a moment where a person gets their head pushed through a bread slicer. What? Like, Why goes would I want to watch that? Yeah, they kill people you, well, I was going to say you like or, or don't. Like they killed a lot of people I, did, I, didn't, I didn't like either. Um, I, okay, I'm going to stop you right there, Sonny Bob. Mm. 
I've had a lot of vegetables today, so I'm sorry about the general smell in the studio. I smell anything. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, how Collie's get that out. No one needs to know. <laughs> That's why I don't know why you said it, man. I don't know either. I wasn't even if I was, I wouldn't have brought that up because I'm a gentleman. Silly I can tell. I had a fistful of chocolate chips before we started. <laughs> a fistful. <laughs> There's only that we've got the only chocolate in our house because we all otherwise we'll eat it. Yeah. Is some chocolate I chips some ter- I bought for baking. I got some terrible protein bars. I oh, know they're awful. Anyway, so mm. I just get jammed a fistful in. No, I don't want to eat one of those. Yeah. They're rocky road. Oh no, I don't like. No, I'm not into it. I just want regular chocolate ch- ch- cooking chips. Anyway, anyway, where was I going with this? I, I don't know. I'm remember. on my phone, so you keep going till you're finished, and then I'll. Uh, no, and then I'll come back. No, I'm really. I'm interested. Not, no, please don't. Do I'm this. interested. I'm listening. Please, you're so annoying. Oh, don't, am I? Don't go on your phone. <laughs> am I now? You know how I hate that. You know how I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Sorry. Go on. Um, you ate some chocolate and you're farting up a storm. Go I, I didn't say farting. I just said it smelt a bit. <laughs> what I else had would a have lot been? of vegetables today. <laughs> What's happening? Do you know vegans and vegetarians fart a lot? Everybody farts. They are, yeah, I know. I had this exact conversation with my son today who keeps trying to shock me by saying like poo and fart jokes and I just <laughs> keep going deadpan back at him. Yeah, everybody farts, everybody poos. And then I like kill the joke. But now, oh, rah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for him. But not for us because it's endlessly amusing. Mm. No, we were talking, oh, yes, this is what I came to, other than obviously the, my uh, admittance. Why do I like gory things? Yes. There is something worrying about you. Me? Yes. Then it's not even the genre that I particularly no, no, enjoy. No, but, but I have noticed something about you. You enjoy watching shows where you never know who's going to get killed, especially people yes. that you like. yes. What is that about? Because it's interesting. Because if it's just like you know someone's going to survive all of the time and, and then no the villains are always going to die. Who cares? Or the like background characters yeah. are going to die. Who cares? Right. It's nothing to do with the fact that in real life you just don't know if someone's going to be murdered at any point either. I guess. I don't know. Maybe there might be a – these are popular movies. Do you not understand the horror genre? They're hugely popular. They're, it's like one of the most popular genres. I know. I'm and not it keeps saying, reinventing itself oh, every I'm few years. I'm not saying that you are not a basic bitch that is the same as a lot of oh, other people. Oh, I'm sorry, people. fucking Jane Austen <laughs> over here with your Mr. Darcy crush. Like it's fucking 1994. <laughs> fucking calm down. Yeah, I know. Ooh, a, a Colin Firth in his wet shirt. Get over it. It was like 20 fucking five years ago. <laughs> I have moved on, thank you very much. Not very far. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really haven't. <laughs> Look. I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, I'm in a silly mood. I'm very sorry. Collins can edit out the bit where I called you a basic bitch. I don't care. I want you to leave it in. <laughs> anyway, all I was pointing out was that's an interesting part of the human psyche. Like that's why people like Game of Thrones because mm. like characters that they really liked could just get murdered at any it's, point. It's not necessarily about murder. It's about like consequences and the, there's stakes. That's yes, what it comes down oh, to. Oh, it's stakes. Yeah. I get that. Not the meaty variety. The like, I mean, it could be the nerve wracking yeah. kind of stakes. But yeah, again, as it becomes more interwoven and kind of the villain is revealed because initially, or not even initially, for like, it's like there's a witch. There's this woman from 1666 who's a witch and she's cursed the land, and that's why this is happening. And you find more and more about it as you go on. You find out more about people in the community and 
how people are connected and why people are more successful than others, et cetera. It's interesting because it does have a very kind of Stranger Things-esque kind of feel. And even though it wasn't produced by Netflix, it was bought by Netflix, Lee uh, Janiak is actually married to one of the Stranger Things guys. I can't remember which one. They're, they're called the Duffer Brothers. So I don't know whether that had any influence on like each other's stories or vice versa, but it does kind of have that vibe. And it's pretty good. Like it's – I didn't really, again – initially think much of it but I like the concept and they might be doing more and it was cool I liked it sounds really cool you like scream or like I don't know horror movies I guess (laughs) this is your genre of choice yeah just you know if you you I know what you did last summer yeah it's that that kind kind of I mean but again it changes because it's the second one is more like um Jason have you ever seen the the Halloween not Halloween the other ones it is safe to say I, I have not seen any horror Friday movies. Friday the 13th movies where the second, no, the second one is set in 1978 at a, at a camp where one of the camp counsellors goes crazy and starts murdering people and it's very, you know, it's very Friday the 13th with Jason and that's what those stories are, are about. And then in 1666 is like a whole different story again because it's like witch trials and you know what I mean and, mm. and people with, you know, yeah. suspicions about each other and who's a witchcraft and who's I, the devil and as whatever. A, as a, also, there's a bunch of uh, queer characters in it as well. Oh, so which is awesome. Yeah. I, as a, like a young adult, so like a, what is that, a teen, was, and maybe even sort of like a tween, was obsessed, and I kind of still am, with witches. Do you love the movie The whole, Craft with Neve Campbell? Yeah, I really did. There's a new series. And Charmed. I love the series Charmed, which obviously, you know, is what it is. And, and like I was really fascinated by the Salem Witch Trials. I read a lot of fantasy books yeah. around the idea, like even Joan of Arc and the idea of women as witches and yes. that whole notion of them being kind of magic medicine women in a way and being ostracised and murdered by society. Yeah, but I just found that so interesting. They were just murdering women really, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Particularly it seems to be murdering women who were intelligent, who mm. were different, who were thinkers, who maybe didn't fit the mould, weren't happy yes. to just be servants maybe didn't bear children and also held knowledge Mm. that the church leaders and particularly around pagan kind of knowledge that church leaders didn't have. Anyway, I'm not an expert on this realm by any means, but it's always been a a topic that I would love to delve more into because I think it's so fascinating. Then you should. I should, actually. I really should. And I just used to love fantasy tween novels about that whole thing. I read a lot of – even I read a lot of – kind of tween fantasy novels, and I can't remember the names of them now, that kind of bridged that gap around women being called witches in a village, in a medieval kind of village, who were also kind of midwives and brought babies into the world oh, and were like right. the medical medicine kind of seen, woman of the village. As- <laughs> yeah, and, that, and they used oh, a whole lot of like herbs and like natural remedies yeah. to heal people. And that was then seen as them being some kind of strange outcast yeah. or witch. And I just found that whole idea really interesting mm. too. And I and I don't know how true to life that is or whether that was a narrative that did actually happen. But it but that kind of historical I got really into that kind of historical stuff. There was a series called The Alana Chronicles, which was not really about witches, mm. but it was about Alana who was a knight. Okay. And this kind of mythical medieval kind of land. And she becomes this like really kick ass knight and has adventures and there's magic and spells and she you know, had to pretend to be a boy for a while to, like, be taken seriously. Anyway, it's a really good, like, kind of, or it was when I read it back in the 90s. I loved it. Great. Cool. Okay. Can I talk about mine now? Sure. Uh, that was really boring. But what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so 
sorry. Let's be nice to each other. No, again. this is the tone. You've said it, and I'm this close to walking out, Claire. Now, what have you All got? All right, I'll I'll be nice now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, I have a much more. I have a much more serious recommendation this week. Oh. It's called Misrepresented with Annabelle Crab. Ah, so uh, yes, yes. I yes. briefly talked about it last week, and it's Ms. So like M S represented. Mm. It's written and created by Annabelle Crab, who's an Australian writer and journalist, uh, and directed by Stamia Marupaz. It is the best documentary I have seen possibly ever. Wow. Yeah. Um, Annabelle's always wanted to create this. She's a political commentator and really excellent at that kind of sphere as well. Yeah. And she always wanted to create this documentary because this is 100 years after Australia elected its very first female parliamentarian, Edith Cowan, and she presents this raw and honest account of politics from the female perspective over the last 100 years. So it also has a cast of female politicians, past and current. Okay. So the cast is a list of female firsts. Julia Gillard, our first female Prime Minister, Anne Alley, who's the first woman of Islamic faith to be elected to the federal parliament, Mm -hmm. Bronwyn Bishop, the first New South Wales woman elected to the Senate, Julie Bishop, the first woman to serve as deputy leader of the Liberal Party, which is our Conservative Party, Sarah Hanson-Young, who's the youngest woman to be elected to the Australian Parliament, Mm -hmm, Ross mm -hmm. Kelly, the first woman to represent an ACT seat in the House of Representatives. And then underneath that, there is just a list of just these incredible political superstars, Julia Banks, Quentin Bryce, Linda Burney, Emma Hassar, Cheryl Curnow, Carmen Lawrence, Nova Paris, Natasha Stott-Despoyer. When did she leave? Um, She left, I think, last year or the year before. Because, was she in for a while? Or? Yeah, Natasha's Dr. Spoiler. No, no, no. Um, Nova Paris. So she was an athlete, mm. right? I mean, an Indigenous I know, Australian athlete. I remember athlete when she started, but, I, but it wasn't for long, was it? No, she was elected and was brilliant at the job, but left. And I'm a little unclear as to why she left. She they didn't really that. touch. The, yeah, I would love to. Have you had um, Melda yet? <laughs> can you just. No, I haven't. I'm curious. No, I haven't yet. Oh. She's a massive superstar. So anyway, but yeah, I will. Of there's Australian lots of people politics. I would love to to interview, and then there's a list of people that I actually could interview. Sure. Anyway, you're but right. yes, just I would keep love going to... with the B team that you've been interviewing. Is that no, what you're saying? Not at all. That's what it sounds no, like. No, it's no, it's the people that I'm friends with, oh. or who I ha- who I know people who know them. That's okay. how I've got like the amazing. If you know I've somebody you think Claire would like to interview, yes. shoot her, shoot us oh a Gmail. Oh my goodness, yes, please. Suggestible I would love at gmail.com. Because it's really hard. To, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, no one wants to be emailed like cold interviewed mm. from some random Australian woman in Melbourne <laughs> just to be like, come on an interview. It's really hard. And then obviously management don't really want to talk to me. But so. you also write emails really aggressively. You're like, come on the show or I'll kill you. I'll find you. I'll kill you. I know I what do. you look like. I'll kill you. I do. I yeah. need to step back, pedal back a bit. That works on some. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, going back to this, she also interviews Amanda Van Stone and Penny Wong and just all of these women have these incredibly proud, angry, determined, sad, hilarious stories about their time in politics. 
and often have really similar stories. There's one particular sequence mm. where she there must be like 10 women who are telling the same story, right? And mm. the story is about being in a group of men because most of the time women are in a vast ma- minority in our parliament and they'll put forward an idea, everyone will ignore it, and then two seats down, a man will then say the exact same oh, idea yeah. and get a cheer, like an applaud. Everyone will be like, well, that's a really excellent uh, thing yeah. that Scott has just said, you know. And it's happened so Scott often. Scott Morrison is yeah, yeah, but it's so, it's so familiar and quite eerie because they're all interviewed individually and yet the vast majority of the women they interview are telling this narrative and it, telling it so similarly that they've mm. cut together a couple of minutes of footage with them. You know how you like to tell one story and multiple people are saying the sentence? That's what it is. That's awesome. And it's just great. Yeah, it's such great editing. Do they name people? Are they like, and then this person said this, Tony Abbott? In that particular instance, they don't name people, but they absolutely do name other people. For instance, we have a really conservative politician, Corey Bernardi. And when I say conservative, I don't mean just in terms of He's politically conservative and socially conservative. He's kind of on the right-wing extreme. Right. And he's, all accounts, not a very nice person at all. He has some really, really nasty views. But Sarah Hanson-Young, who was the youngest female elected into Australian Parliament, was also a single woman and a single mother. Mm -hmm. And so her stories are just mind-blowing. For starters, there's rumours and innuendo that just spreads like wildfire throughout Parliament House that she slept with lots and lots of different men within the Parliament. Those dudes are all cheating on their wives as well. Right, exactly. And But anyway, and because, like, she is attractive as well and very outspoken and articulate and and very powerful. So I feel like that's a a tactic to undermine her credibility. Yeah. She also said it's particularly harsh to women who are single which I thought was really interesting, a really interesting comment to make too. Anyway, she talks about this story of her bringing her child in because at that point there were there wasn't any childcare within the yeah. parliament house. There is now. And she was in the Senate and you ha- to be able to vote on legislation, you have to be actually in physically inside the Senate and the, when the doors are shut. Yes. And if you're not in there, you don't get to vote. And so the doors were shutting and the person that was supposed to be looking after her child fell through and she had no choice but to bring her daughter into Parliament who must have been about 18 months old. Yeah. Anyway, there's footage they show of the Speaker or whoever it is in the Senate asked, saying to calling her daughter a stranger, saying there is a stranger in the house. Whoa. Please have her removed. And then a security guard takes her daughter out of her arms and takes her daughter out of the room. And some of the other parliamentarians do speak up and say, well, this just doesn't seem appropriate because her daughter is screaming. Yeah. And you can hear her screaming outside the doors. And Sarah's in this position where oh she's God, she's awful. got to be put up to vote and she has to work. And so she's, you know, put in this position where what does she do? Does she go to her screaming child or does she make the vote? Now, as an 18-month-old, the baby was it's not like the baby was crying or anything. She was quiet. She was just being yeah. held by Sarah. Yeah. And that and that is one of the example like one of the myriad examples of barriers to women entry. So that kind of stuff is that's crazy. Ridiculous. The other story that's really interesting, Corey Bernardi, because they the, all of the women talk about Ugh. the culture in Parliament House and Ugh. how much yeah, exactly, how the much worst. partying goes on in there. 
how much booze and alcohol yeah. is consumed within that building is just crazy. And because of that, it's quite a dangerous environment for everybody to be mm. in in lots of ways and particularly for women and particularly for young women. Yeah. Sarah is up there trying to put forward a bill or a proposal. I'm not getting the words exactly right, maybe a piece of legislation, and she's up there speaking. And you can see on the footage, they put it in the documentary, Corey Bernardi is very drunk. He kept coming in and out from a party down the corridor from mm. this Senate. And often this kind of legislation will be argued well into the night. So it'll be like late evenings yeah. by the time they actually get something passed or they might pull all-nighters. So he's coming in and out from this party. He slowly makes his way around the chamber. He keeps calling out and calling out. He starts singing nursery rhymes under his breath at her. So and eventually he gets like a metre away from her and he starts listing under his breath names of men that, it, that there's rumours that she slept with, none of whom she has but just rumours, like he just keeps listing men. And she's there. Eventually when he starts listing all those men, she flinches in the speech. Yeah. She's trying to give. And you can see what's crazy is there's so many men in that room anyway, right? Mm. And the Speaker of the House kind of is interjecting to say, Corey, you know, please be quiet, but nothing forceful. Yeah. He's not kicked out of the chamber. No. And Sarah's eventually pushed to the edge and she said, she says, I'm trying to do my job. And I've got someone over here who keeps interrupting and the speaker says, yes, yes, I can see, Cora, you need to uh, stop. Mm. And he does it again and then Sarah says, maybe we should start putting breathalysers outside the chamber. Ah. And she is asked to sit down. <laughs> so she's asked, she, the guy says something like, oh, Sarah, there's no call for that. Oh, you, you, are, you, will be, you need to sit You're down now. And, You're out of yeah. line and stop talking and it's no longer your floor or whatever. And so there's that kind of stuff because you think in a workplace, in a corporate situation, when you're responsible for people's lives and making in any decisions, situation, any situation work, yeah. in a school, for instance, yeah. of course, if someone was coming in inebriated, they would be removed. Mm. And if there was a culture where there are a lot of people being inebriated in the office making decisions, you would ask, you would, it is fine, I think, to say, how about we start breathalyzing people mm. upon entry? You know, it's just. Oh God! Anyway, there's so many moments like that in that in the documentary, and the women all have different views as well. Because a lot of the older women from previous generations have the view that no one, you shouldn't say anything. You don't call out the sexist behaviour. You don't call out yeah. when people are sexually assaulting you, which is what happened quite a lot, or making derogatory comments, or not listening to you because you're a woman. Because all it does is pay it, call attention to it. So you just stay silent. You sh you prove your worth by your actions, right? And that's that's that kind of narrative I think that's gone on for a lot of generations. And mm. maybe that maybe that was true in that particular era. Maybe that was true before me too. But it's really clear that it hasn't actually improved anything no, in a hundred so. years. I think you've got to like stamp on people. That's what I think. Well, yeah. Not like literally, but maybe. No. Uh, but no, I think you need to, yeah, that needs to change. Like there needs to be like forceful. Like calling and, it like, out. Like rules and consequences that people actually yeah. abide by. But maybe it's because the tipping point is starting to go in our favour. Mm. Because previously I don't think there were there was any avenue for the, those women to go to. No. Like there wasn't anyone, they, they didn't have enough power. That's, what that's what's to, great about Annabelle Crabb as well. Mm. Is that what you mean like in particular? No, I mean within the Parliament House itself, right. yep, yep. culturally 50, 20, maybe even 20 years ago, yeah. 10 years ago even, there was, there was no point in speaking up 
because nobody would listen. Yeah. And you would lose your job because mm. you don't want to make the party look bad. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, in politics sense. or in any workplace, be because the the consequences of a woman speaking up be that she and still happens now. She gets victimized, she gets rumors spread about her, she gets her face and name splashed all over the mm. papers. Oh yeah. And she loses her job or she loses credibility. Yeah. And I think that's changing now, but maybe only after Me Too, really, which is why so many women have stayed silent. So it's just really interesting looking at the juxtaposition of where they were, they look at Brittany Higgins who came out about the rape that had yes. occurred to her in Parliament House. It's just such a brilliant documentary and I would recommend anyone access um, it. Is it finished now? It. Yeah, it's, it's, it, they dropped it all at once oh, on okay, right. um, ABC iView but you, there's also a podcast that goes with it called Ms. Represented and it's hosted by Annabelle Crabb and also a comedian called Steph Tisdall which kind of unpacks each episode a little bit further just for instance, there's one other thing that blew my mind. It wasn't until like I think it's the late 70s, early 80s, that women had a bathroom in Parliament House. <laughs> yeah. So women were having to either use the male toilet, which they really wouldn't do, so they would literally leave the, the yeah, Parliament the, uh, House yeah. to go to the toilet. It's like ridiculous. Edith Cowan, the first female parliamentarian, had to literally run home anytime she wanted to go to the bathroom. Mm. Luckily her house was close to the Parliament House, yeah, but, but still, still. But that that gives you just some indication of just how much women just weren't it's an accepted. Awful, it's an awful place. Yeah, it doesn't mm. sound like a, play, a great place, does it? But we need more women in there to change things, to make policy that's better for everybody, for women and it's children. It's the same and... fucking guy again and again. Yeah. And it's been like that forever. Mm. Exactly. And it's not that we don't want... Anglo, really, guys no, in there. I mean, it's I mean, not it's that educated large, white guys. It's, it's not a large that. portion of the country. Like nobody's saying. Yeah, that. exactly. It's that we want a diverse sex, cross yeah. section. And if you have, like, all the research shows, if you have equal men and, re- and fem- women representation, you get better outcomes. Yeah. Well, yeah. In general, that makes for sense. everybody. Anyway. Let's go. wrap. Let's wrap it up, Claire. All right, have I did got, my rant, my political rant. Have you got a, uh, an, an audio email to listen to? I certainly do. While you're setting that up, did, I just need to remind people that they can actually review this in app. They just open up and go, "Oh, how many stars will I give this? Maybe five would be a good amount of stars." Maybe just think that to yourself. It's so easy to do. Just like motionless in Walrus, who says the best chats. I've been listening since day one of the pod. Wow, a hundred plus episodes, I'd imagine, <laughs> and have witnessed many funny moments. But I've never felt more understanding than when James was yelling about couscous and every and everything going on around him at the time. I don't even remember that, but it does sound like me. Honestly, I look forward to every episode, and it's one of my first recommendations for pods, other than James's more successful pod. If you know what I mean, I do know what you mean. Uh, keep up the great. Work. Thank you so much. I've got a bunch of reviews coming in as well, which I really appreciate. Keep them coming. I'll bloody read them out. I'll read them out. Oh, amazing. We really through. appreciate yeah. it. I love it so much. Helps Thank us you. Show out as well, yeah. It totally does. And while you're there, have a listen to my podcast, Tons. Hey, great. Probably linked below. Yeah, linked below. I have an interview this week with Zainab Johnson. If you love Coming to America, oh my God. we do a deep dive into that and it's bloody hilarious. But she is just a great comedian in her own right. So, and she's American. If you're American, you might enjoy it. I'm American. You're American. She's from Harlem in New York. I'm from Harlem. Um, She's great. Anyway, and uh, that's linked below. And if you want, 
Sneak over and give me a review too because I what read reviews say, out on the show as well. I'm going to say sneak over and give me a kiss. Give me a little Ooh, kiss. Well, I'll ask that of you later. But no, maybe not you. now because I was mean to you before. You were so mean. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? What do you got? All right. I have a voice memo. You can send one of these to suggestiblepod.gmail.com or, or a regular letter. We read both out. No snobbery here. This one is... <laughs> I'm in a silly mood. No All right, this one is from Justin. Here we go. What's up, Claire and Claire's husband, Josh? That's right, Josh. Jimmy? <laughs> Something like that. My name is Justin. I am from Connecticut, and today I wanted to suggest to you one of my absolutely favorite things to watch with my three-year-old daughter. We just got season two of this here in America on Disney+. Plus. It's a show called Bluey. It's about a family of we four. Know it, They're blue healers. I think they're supposed to be Australian, but I don't want to just assume. But it is one of the most witty, one of the most heartfelt and emotional shows without being too self-involved. So if you haven't got a chance to watch it, definitely do. I will actively be happy when my daughter picks that to watch as opposed to like Peppa Pig or some just trash show. Thank you both so much. I hope all of you are having a wonderful day who are listening. and Have a great rest of your week. We will. Thank you so much. Uh, we do. We've probably talked about it on this show. Um, it must have come up in passing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's terrific. I mean, it's, if you're looking for a kid show that won't crush your soul. Yeah, it's, it's so out. good and I really want to live in their house. Mm. Also, we should move to Brisbane. They don't have any COVID up there. They're getting the Olympics, they found out today, in 11 years and the weather is better. Why the fuck would you want the Olympics? <laughs> what do you mean? It's What's wrong a, with the Olympics? It's, it's a money sink. It's just a black hole. No, Keep it's not. Oh, my God. You're ridiculous. It's amazing. It brings so much to a city. It creates amazing infrastructure. It has people and athletes from all over the world coming towards it. You get your destination on the map for tourism. It's amazing. And also the Olympics, mate. It's all about bringing countries together. I'm just glad it's not here. I'm just glad I, it's not in Melbourne. <laughs> God, you're such a bloody... I want to go. You could go. I have, I've got a dream of taking my kids when in 11 years when it's in Brisbane. They're not going to want to go. And going for a They'll holiday. be teenagers and be like, oh, mum, we, like, we don't like going to They'll the Olympics. They'll take a free holiday to the Gold Coast. We like VR or whatever <laughs> kids are like then. No, I have a dream about taking them because I just think it's so incredible to have what, an Olympics what in Olympic your own country. What Olympic events would you like to say? Ooh, oh, my gosh, I love so many. I love the ice skating, not that that's in this particular Olympics because that's Winter Olympics. <laughs> Great, so you've named something that's not there. <laughs> I love the diving. I love the swimming. I love the long distance, the running, the 100 metres running as well. I like the high jump. Do you know I like the high jump because it's short and there's like a little burst of adrenaline every time the person does the little like high run. Wink, 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 wink. I've got a, I've got a Quick question for you. If you love, love the Olympics. There's skateboarding as well. There is skateboarding. That's I'm really, really cool. excited about that. Um, but like long distance running wouldn't be fun though, would it? Because it's like, oh, here they come and they're gone. <laughs> no, I love it watching it at the end. There's always this like person who's just put their whole heart and soul into all the Oh, you training. want to be at the end? Yeah, watch the end of it. It's really amazing. So you'd want to be at the in finish the arena. line. I want to be in the arena, you know. And in Brisbane, they're going to be doing the swimming in like a stadium size arena, which like sounds really cool. Isn't that how, where they always do them? No, but it'll be like, it, it sounds to me to be more like an MCG-esque kind of vibe. I know, it's so exciting. What's really exciting about that is that they'll never use it again after. All right. I always I like the rowing as well. Really into that. Mm. I think that's really cool. What else do I like? You know what? If you if you love swimming, that's 
then that's all they show on Australian TV during the Olympics. It's like, here's the swimming. And the swimming's over. It's like, here's more swimming. It's like, can we see the basketball? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, the basketball on the netball. I'm really excited mm. for that. And I'm excited for the tennis because Ash Barty won the Wimbledon Open. And that, oh, my God, if you haven't watched that, that's actually the replay of that is on Stan. I cried my eyes out. That was an incredible story. It a, and it was a great match. Oh, my God. And mm. her mentor, Yvonne Goolagong. Won it 50 Won it 50 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And they're both uh, First Nations people mm. and just, oh, my God, it's so inspiring and she's just this incredibly beautiful person and I just cried and I made you guys watch it. and it both made of- me. Well, I wanted to watch it. Yeah. Did well, you? actually, to be fair, uh, I, I was like, this match is on, it's, it's going down and this match is crazy and I saw it was on at like midnight at night and I went, Fuck it. I went to sleep. I watched the replay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, it was really good. Okay, that's the show. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm true to my word and I'm going to leave. <laughs> Finally. Uh, but thank you again to everybody. If you want to shoot us an email, suggestible pod. If you want to give us a review. If you want to do an audio, you just put it on your your phone message. Your th- What's the thing called, Claire? You do it in app voice on memo. your phone. Voice memo app. Yeah. It's real easy. And then you can just send it straight away on your phone and that's how you do it. And I promise next week I'll be kinder to you. I don't believe you. Will I? We'll find out. I won't eat a fistful of chocolate buttons before yes, we record. Will. Don't make promises you can't keep. All right, thanks everybody. Thanks, Colin, for the edit. Bye. Thanks, bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 